This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that... That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Deanna Chenez. This is our post-match show of Fulham's 1-0 victory against Middlesbrough at Craven Cottage on Friday night. This was a huge victory for Fulham, and we look forward to doing this show. But before I do anything else, I want to welcome our co-host back to the show, Mr. Chenez. How you doing? Absolutely fantastic. I just watched Wet, wet Bum lose to Stuck. One nothing, um, which is good news for us because, of course, Weeds lost to the Ha-Ha's on Saturday. That's right. Which means that we're only four points behind the Weeds and five points behind the Wet Bums. And uh, if we can get a win at uh, the Valley on Wednesday night, um, we could be within touching distance of the top two. And that's and with 28 games gone this season, we can't ask them anything more. Absolutely. That is crazy. And... Uh... Great news. And listen, we have unfortunately not been able to do a show. I was dealing with the flu. Now Max has the flu, as we're finding out. Yeah, mm-hmm. as you've been dealing with your own situation. We are literally the walking wounded. But you and I are here right now, and we are going to give a show. This is Monday night. And like I said, what's good about this is that the results have gone Fulham's way, and Fulham are now within touching distance of the top two, which is insane. They're not that far away. You know, nope. really – they beat Charlton, and they are absolutely within touching distance, which is fantastic to say. Okay, Giannis, let's get going doing this show. Let's look back at this Middlesbrough match. and Let's start with what I've been doing lately, looking at the head coach presser, because it does open up some conversation with some talking points. I have a few for you, so let's start here. Let's start with the first part of this head coach presser from Scott Parker. This is all the way on Friday night. 
This is what he said after the match. Here's part one. Quote, first half, I thought we were fantastic in what we did, the way we played and the way we moved the ball. Everything we worked on in the week worked well with Bobby dropping down as a bit of a false nine and overloading them in the middle of the park. We were dynamic at times with some lovely bits of play. In the second half, we had some big, big chances, put the game to bed, and obviously it gets a bit edgy when we do that. If it's 2-0, 3-0 at halftime, I think everyone says it's a fair reflection of the first half. Unquote. Okay. Giannis, let's talk about what Scott Parker shared after the match. You know, and again, I, I think this goes to the missed opportunities. Here are my two talking points for you. The opportunities that Fulham did not capitalize on in the first half. And then also, I want to talk about the formation change. Even Scott Parker says it was a little bit of a false nine. Let's talk about what Scott Parker shared after the match, talking about these two, I want to say, talking points together. Well, firstly, I thought uh, the, the first half was 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 absolutely superb. I mean, we we just just absolutely tore a strip out of them. Um, we were fluid, um, but passing was crisp. Well, our movement on and off the ball was excellent. Um, we set up a real uh, Joe Bryan was a beautiful cross for for uh, Knockout's goal. We absolutely dominated. Borough couldn't get out of their half. They just looked like men against boys, and we did create a lot of chances for sure. Um, but Having said that, we, you know, I mean, that was the only doubt we us going in at halftime. It was only one nothing. We, were we going to pay for all our misses? Luckily, we didn't. Uh, in terms of the, the formation um, with Bobby Reed, isn't it? It was an interesting one. I, I've been watching, you know, social media since Friday night, and, I, and Bobby Reed got some came with some stick from from fans, and I don't necessarily subscribe to that. I thought he worked very, very hard, and with a little bit more fortune, he might have scored a couple of goals. I think that the measure of team players has been put in often unfamiliar you know, situations and being, you know, certainly being prepared to play with a certain formation against a borough side. You know, I think, I actually think a better, you know, I think, I think, you know, at the start of the season, borough were really struggling. They didn't seem to have any sort of identity. And I think Jonathan Woodgate and um, uh, Robbie Keane have done actually a very good job. Um, you know, they've come on the, the back of a good set of results. They've got some good players in there, and um, they're moving. Not really, not unlike Stoke. I think a bit, of, a bit of a false position in terms of the quality they've got. So Scotty set us up to, you know, try something a little bit different with K Mac playing behind him, and it seemed to work. It's uh, obviously second half. Borough came more back, back more into the game, but overall, really, there was only one winner in it, and. Um, Borough really struggled with their formation to get it with close. I think they were playing a 3-4-2-1 and um, they tried to revert it to a 4-4-2 in the second half. And although they had a little bit more joy, they didn't, you know, they didn't create too much. I, I, I think Scotty's right for, you know, performance overall, excellent. And um, the formation showing that he's developing and learning as a coach and uh, proof positive is to get uh, three points against a, a team that's improving, improving all the time. Okay. Excellent there, Giannis. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's interesting to see how this team is evolving over the course of uh, the season. You know, just uh, a little while ago, we started hearing about talk about Scott Parker and 
this goes back, Yannis, and I want to talk about this, mm. talking about the formation change, but and I really want to focus on Scott Parker here because the first matchup against Middlesbrough, you know, again, we had that situation. And I, I think we've seen this a few times. Do you think Scott Parker is learning from the first time he's playing these clubs and adapting his game plans? Do you think we, we are seeing another side of Scott Parker? And, again, I understand the situation with Mitro. They did have to change how they played. Do you think that this has more to do with Mitro being out or maybe Scott Parker and his coaching staff coming up with a good game plan? I think it's I think it's I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, when you play a team early in the year, um, you get a feel for what they do, um, and you set up accordingly. Now, some would argue that if you're playing at home, you should be trying to be a little bit more adventurous. But obviously, he's seen some stuff where he, he can try and match up, and that, and that's fine. And I talked last week about the, you know Mitro not playing against Villa in the cup, and you know some fans said, well, do we, you know, are we a better team without Mitro? No. We're not, but we're a different team. And we have to do different things. You know, I know that the commentator on Friday was saying, you know, none of the chances in the first half, Mitro maybe could have scored. I'd argue maybe not, because, you know, you've got to get into those positions. And we have a, you know, I, I couldn't exactly say that Mitro is blessed with his pace, whereas up front we do have a lot of pace. So without Mitro in the lineup. So it's just a different thing. I think good coaches um, take copious notes after previous meetings. And obviously they advance scout every game as well. It's not just a matter of playing them early in the season. And um, he, he learned from that. I think Scotty came in though, and I'm not going to be a downer here because I thought you know Scotty did a fantastic job. I think he caught a break in this game though, because when I saw the lineup for Middlesbrough, I was stunned that Ashley Fletcher didn't start. I was, you know, I, I look, as soon as I, I saw Gested was in, I thought, oh, we got a break here. Because Fletcher, Fletcher's more direct, and um, he's a little bit more slippery, and he he can make things happen. And he scored eight, nine goals in the championship this year, whereas I think Gestade has only scored two. So it was a little bit of a, an odd inclusion for me. And once I saw that, I thought, oh, yeah, thank God for that. Because every team seems to have one player where you go, oh, God, we don't, because they can, they can butt your bum. You know, they, they've got the knack of scoring goals and creating chances. And I thought Woodgate made a mistake, um, unless it was injury-related by by uh, not starting Fletcher and putting Rudiger State in. I thought that was played in our hands. Nonetheless, we were prepped for the game. We got off to a good start. Uh, we got the early goal. I think we deserved the win. But yeah, the, he's obviously learned from all his previous games, and that's why I can't wait till we play Barnsley. <laughs> I'm there with you, my friend. All right. Yeah, we Is give it... them a good bloody roasting. <laughs> well, they deserve that. I'll, I'll say that. Okay. Let's talk about something else that Scott Parker shared after the, the match. And another talking point I'm going to say is two sides of form because it comes out in these quotes. Here's from Scott Parker again. Quote, second half, you're searching for that one goal to take a deep breath and see the game out. But we saw the game out well. Another clean sheet, which was key. It was a good performance all round for us. I think you're seeing two sides to this team, which pleases me most. First half, you've seen a team that moves the ball well. Second half, you've seen a grittiness about us where we can see a game out, unquote. Okay, Giannis. So here's Scott Parker talking about the two sides of form. We've been talking about, again, winning games ugly. But you can also see that they can win the games in an attractive manner. 
So what are your thoughts about what he shared after the match, this part of his quotes? Well, I agree with him. I, I think, though, that when they go back to Motsford Park Sunday, Monday, whenever, or today, whenever it is, I think he would have been probably a lot annoyed because it's great that we showed that gritty side and our defensive shape was very good. And, of course, substitutions, you, you bring Alfie, Steph, Joe, and Harry on, you know, just to shore things up. But if truth be told, we should have been four or five up on, on at half time. We shouldn't have to have, you know, been worried about the second half. We should have been a mile away from them. We're, you know, if we're even two, three goals up, and then it's damage to the mutation from Middlesbrough. You know, because at the end of the day, you don't know how it's going to go. End of season, goal difference could mean everything. Um, but it wasn't. It was one nothing for as long as it was going to stay one nothing. Unfortunately, you know, nerves start, start setting in. Um, the fans start getting a little bit nervous the longer a team stays in the game. And you know, I'm sure that Scotty will say, "Look, you know what? For all all the tremendous domination that we had in the first half, territorial, you know, possession, what have you, we really shouldn't be one nothing up. We should be three or four. We've got to put our chances away." got to put your chances away because you're not going to you're not going to keep clean sheets every game and you know we've had a few times early in the season where we've been bitten because of our lack of you know quality finishing so i think you know, he'd be pleased with that gritty side where we need to defend but i'm sure he's going to say look did we really need to be in that position we should have been you know a mile ahead by half time and we weren't because we weren't clinical enough in front of the net so um I'm sure you can have a word to say about that. And, um, you know, it's it's uh, we don't know if goal difference is going to make a difference at the end of the season. It very well may. And um, you've got to, you know, it can't be the James Bond theory where, you you know, you're, you know, you, you're on the verge of pulling the trigger and, you, you know, James Bond manages to slither away to safety. We can't, we've got to put teams away and sure. put them away early. But, um, I mean, overall, I mean, you'd be happy with that bit, but I'm sure you just said, look, why did we need to be in this position in the first place? Totally agree, Yannis. They didn't need to be in this position. It's some of the best football I've seen from Fulham, except for scoring the goals, you know. You, yeah. You're putting yourself in the best position to succeed, but you need to finish, and they just were not finishing. It was uh, very frustrating. But it's also good to see the other side. So I get where he's coming from, but please, I, I would rather win 3-4. Nil than than these yeah. uh, really one nil matches all the time. I, I understand the value in it, but please can can we win more comfortably? You know, my heart can't take some of these matches, Giannis. I just yeah. have to say that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's for sure. <laughs> okay, here's another talking point for you. We have to talk about this man because I'm going to tell you right off the bat, he's my man of the match. We'll talk about man of the match in a little bit. I want to get your thoughts on the impact of Michael Hector. I think it's been significant your thoughts yeah he was he was superb um he was superb on on on, on friday and especially in the second half i think you, it's the old adage that you play with better players and you become a better player and tim ream actually i think has been pretty solid in the last couple of games uh playing with michael and you can it's just the confidence of class. he's a classy defender and it does tell you something that he was a you know our, our friend chelsky and he couldn't get a look in you know, you look at when we had Thomas Callas a couple of years ago, you know, what, eight, nine years out on loan and he couldn't get a look in. And um, it just goes to show there is there is quality out there. It, it was a prudent signing uh, by Tony Khan at the end of the transfer deadline. And the opportunity cost, unfortunately, was we had to wait several months to see him play. But you can see, you know, um, he will make players um, better. We defensively looked very good, apart from 
you know, I had, you know, Adoy had obviously that that tremendous, you know, the header that was disallowed. But there were a couple of couple of screw ups right. in the first half there, um, where he needed. And that, that's a different story for a different show. I, I think Christie should be starting right now, actually, because I thought okay. he had a good run of form. Um, and Adoy makes these great runs on. St- he still has some, you know, weaknesses defensive-wise, but Hector makes everyone better. Now, the, the problem for Scotty becomes with, you know, with Terence Congolo coming, coming in. That's right. And that's, you know, what do you do there? Do you do you utilize Congolo as a left back? But, but Brian is playing well right now. Right. Um, Marine is playing well, well right now. Well, Max Le Marchand, you know, we don't know where he is right now. So. You got now. You got strength and depth, which is great. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Congolo will probably on the bench Wednesday. I'll be shocked if he doesn't start against City in the cup. You know, just to get some game time sure. underneath him. Um, but back to Hector. Yeah, he was he was man of the match for me, marginally over knockout. Knockout really. Knockout was excellent too. He was excellent. I'll tell you with a, a notable shout out, and I've I've been proved wrong. Uh, here. I have a feeling I know where you're going to go. Go ahead. Yeah, Kevin McDonald. I, I knew you were going there. Yeah, K-Mac. Oh, man. He, he um, stepped up. Yeah, and he's the blanket. He's the blanket in front of the back four. And I, the, the thing that I questioned, um, to be honest, was how it was going to look, you know, in terms of his, you know, in terms of, the, the, you know, the match fitness. But um, McDonald played the whole game. You know, and in the times where he looked a little tired, I, you know, I, I when Josh Onoma came off and Harry came on, I actually thought he was going to go K-Mac there. But uh, he stuck with him, and um, K-Mac has more than earned his return to the lineup. And now what you've got is you've got a very strong bench, um, which is great. Um, and I'm sure we're going to see one or two more signings coming in. Um, so I thought K-Mac was excellent, but Hector's class and... Yep. This is, um, and this will help Rodak as well. Um, totally, Giannis. I think it's a ripple effect because I think it's going to affect all of them. You know, again, like I'm glad you mentioned Rodak, but whoever is the partner of Hector, you're mentioning it could be one of a few players, but he needs yeah. to be starting. But I think it's it's going to affect the fullbacks. It's going to affect the midfield. If When you have a leader back there, I think it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, you just have to. If anybody watched um, an example, a classic, the Liverpool, you know, the Liverpool manure game yesterday. Oh, I watched it. Yeah, the, the presence of um, Virgil Van Dijk at the back. I mean, oh, it's he, insane. He really yeah. is. I mean, he's he. Um, he you he's see just, some of the passes he made. Oh, amazing! And that, that, that's that's just. I was thinking about this a little today. Um, you know, I was I watched when Liverpool had their great teams of the 70s and 80s and they were just fantastic teams I mean they, they really really were but this might be the best Liverpool team I've ever seen I, 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 I just they don't have they really don't have any weaknesses and no. then when you've got players like Arige can come off you know that can come off the bench you know Klopp Klopp you, you know you can't stop the Klopp don't mess with the Klopp the Klopp is the man and um, but you look at Van Dijk and what he does with that back four you, yep. you know Alexander Arnold is just, you know, to me, is a shearing to be right back for England. Euros. You've got Roberts on the left, left back. You've got, you've had players coming in like Gomez and 
even that that um, Nonk, uh, what's his name? Oh my God, God, I'm, I'm having a senior moment. That's okay. Um, the Croatian. Um, oh, I know uh, who's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who's, who's a you know decent defender, but Virgil Van Dijk, you know, is, is, uh, allowed him to step up. Lovren. Yeah, Dejan Lovren, and 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 that's what Hector's done, and yep. uh, it's that level of quality, and uh, he's done a super job, and providing he stays injury free, you know, it's an intimidating central two in the middle, whoever you put in there. Because remember, Alfie Mawson's on the bench. That's right. <laughs> you know, you get a Mawson and Congola, it's a little bit scary, but there you go. That is crazy. But, you know, that just shows, you know, again, this has been in a short period of time, and you can see the difference. I, I saw it against Aston Villa, but I'm thinking, it's the cup, right? And, you know, what can you yeah. take from the cup? But when you see it in a match that Fulham really needed, they, they needed to win this match, and you see how dominant he was, and that, I'm going to point out a, a, a few moments for him when we break down the match. It's, you know, again, vital, especially at the end of the match. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. But I, I wanted to focus on the uh, impact that Michael Hector has made in such a short period of time. Yep. All right, my friend, let's get into it. Let's talk about the starting 11 and the 18 overall. We've already talked about several of these players. Glad we talked about McDonald because I was going to mention him at some point. But what were your thoughts when you saw the starting 11, did you think it was going to be this false nine situation? I wasn't sure. Uh, I thought, you know, David Reed might have played a little bit higher up. But um, I was comfortable with the lineup. I didn't, you know, with, I, I thought, I think Christie's played well enough to, to get a start, uh, um, start unless there's a, a knock. And, and a criticism, and I will now level this at the club, and I really will, criticize the club but I will criticize the club because we the club does an absolutely piss poor job in terms of informing its fans of that injury updates I think it's it, it's becoming more and more it feels more and more like you see in the NFL and you and I are yep. you know questionable probable maybe sitting on the toilet seat taking a shit you know whatever it is I mean fans wanted to know what was you know what was sure. the status on Metro and and we rely on fans bumping into Metro at an airport lounge drinking coffee to say well i'm out three four weeks to have tweaked my ankle really neat i don't see any value in any football club being anything less than transparent with its fans fans go up and down the country we buy the jerseys we buy all the stuff and we want to know our favorite just whether it's your favorite player your least favorite player how they're doing injury updates it should be to me should be straightforward and it, it annoys me no end that we as a club recently have been so secretive in terms of injury updates and I just I think it's done in bad faith I don't I don't like it I don't like it I, I really don't I think the fans uh, are owed that and I think the fans um, deserve that and I think they should be respected as such that if we get injuries that we're given proper proactive updates so that we know our players are done because hey guess what fans care about the players right and they have concerns about the players we want to know if Mitra is okay you know, he's many, many fans' favorite player. We want to know that he's going to be fine and how long he's going to be out for, you know. And uh, so, notwithstanding that, um, the only other one that, that, that worried me, um, or didn't worry me, was uh, Kearney. Because yep. Kearney ring very in and out, as you know. And I thought Steph Joe might have got um, a start. But, um, you know, or Harry Hutter for that matter. But, but notwithstanding, I thought Kenny was good in the first half. He looked a lot more um, interested. I use that word 
advisor interested. But I'm sure Scotty's got him on the side and said, look, we've got, now that KMAC is back, you have a problem. Because a few weeks ago, KMAC was on the outs looking in. Now you've got him in and you've got Arthur um, on the outs, you know, looking in and Steph Joe and, you know, a couple of shithouses that we love, know and love. And now we've got competition for places. So as a captain, you've got to, you know, you're the captain, but you've got to show us, you know, your value and worth. And I thought he had a good first time. But no problems with the lineup. And interesting, another thing, do you notice Bettinelli was on the bench? No Magnus Norman. Um, I still think that Betts is going to be loaned out. Um, I, I mean, he wants to play, and I don't have a problem with that. Um, there's going to, still going to be some movement. We've only got, what, 10 days left in the, um, the transfer window, and rumours are flying, Russ. But the good news is I don't believe that Darren Bent is coming out of retirement to play for us. Well, let's hope not. We don't want any of that, no. Okay. Very good there, Yanis. And listen, uh, here's a little commentary from me on injuries. And I deal with it here and uh, with another team, the NFL. And uh, I'm so used to this. I understand this feeling of competitive advantage. You don't want to tell your opponent. This is beyond that, to be honest with you. Just tell us. Give us a general report. Hey, he's going to be out a certain amount of time. Give us a general time period. It's good for the fans. It's good for everyone. It's not telling the opponent really anything. Come on, enough with that being yeah. so secretive. Please just keep the fans in the loop somewhat. You don't have to tell us everything. You don't have to tell yeah, us but... the secrets of a full football club. Why is it such a big deal to let us know updates on some of the players' injuries? Yeah, it I really don't, I don't, isn't. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Ross. And, and you know, and there's some really shitty verbiage and etymology that creeps in the conversation. Because I'm going to give you an example. And I think and the NFL does it a lot, but the NHL is probably worse. So, for example, if you've got somebody who's off injured and they say upper body injury, well, what the hell does that mean? Right. Upper body. So that's from the, so that's from the you know, the hip, you know, the waist up. Because <laughs> he might have had his, his brain blown out. I mean, when, you know, just, just be transparent. Like this, it's not it's not asking a lot, and especially no. in the age of information and technology and social media. Just just yeah. to be honest with you, with your own fans, That's... with your own fans right. around the world, anyone, just 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 tell us the truth. Right. That's all we Honestly, there's really no competitive advantage for telling us that Metro is going to be out three to four weeks. There really isn't. Exactly. Okay, exactly. enough with this. There really isn't, and uh, I've already talked about this on Twitter that. You know, we need more journalists getting in there, getting in these pressers to press the team on what's going on. You know, and thankfully, they finally did say something on Metro, and I would highly recommend anyone ask the club, you know. And again, uh, if there are any journalists listening to this show, go to the pressers, please. You know, know, get the information to us, the fans, because we want to know. Because we are, you know, again, it's not just Metro. It's Sessignon. It's it's so yeah. many different players. We yeah. just don't know anything. Could you say Sessignon is out for X amount of weeks with something injury? So we know, but they don't do that, or you know, or or they might do it in one place. But just be more transparent about it. You know, yeah, let us know like what's it. going on. That that's all I'm going to say. Enough. Yeah, no, I want to talk. Right. You as you say, Russ, you're right. I mean, you know, classic example actually might be Harry Arter. Because Harry Arter, Do we know we anything know. about Harry Arter? We knew nothing, right? I don't no. even know what the injury was. No, 
No, and he, before we know, he emigrated to Nepal and he became a mountain goat for two months. We don't know. No. At least, let us know. It is infuriating. It might sound trivial to many fans, but to me it is infuriating because it keeps, we'd like to be kept in the We're not going to know everything. I know that. But just keep just keep us in the loop. For That's all. I, this is the KGB. I you agree know, just, with you. Honest. No, it's not the KGB. Can you yeah. just let us know something? Keep us in the yeah. loop. You know, the only reason I, I I knew anything about Harry Archer is I think in a presser, Scott Parker said he was on the road to recovery, something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Again, he's like he's coming back. You know, and then and then we heard he was in training, but I still don't know what injury he had. I have no clue, and. That to me is annoying. Anyways, enough talking about injuries, my friend. I, I want to talk about this match. Let's talk about the first half. And let's start here. Let's talk about the opportunities for me, Anthony Knockout. He had a couple to start mm-hmm. off. And then, of course, that's going to lead us to talk about the goal. Let's talk about this really great assist, as we would say here, from Joe Bryan for the goal from Anthony Knockout. One of the criticisms of, of strikers um, that I often have is that they don't follow their own spin of, and part of it, I think, is to do with the offside, you know, offside traps. And part of it is just because they don't read the game, and part of it is because they just don't have the will. But um, credit to Knockout here. Um, it was a fantastic ball of drive. It really was an absolute peach. And he's done what all good strikers do. He's followed his run. The keeper's come out. I think Ainsley Pierce has committed a bit early there and he's just slid and he's knocked it in and it was you know a few minutes into the game and we just we just we're just smashing them down and and it was a good goal it was a very well set up goal it was a quality goal and really there was nothing Burrow could do about it it was um it was um it's one of those you jump off your seat because it's you know you if you watch the premier league you 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 used to david silver kevin de bruyne is maybe you know he's just a fantastic pass over ball um, and Brian has really shown his value in the last few weeks. Until I mean, I still think he's a little suspect defensively. He's been in and out. I think he. I agree. But moving forward, he looks dangerous, and he's got a good left foot. And you, you, I think left-footed players can cause all sorts of trouble anyway. And that ball just was, you know, it was a delicious lemon meringue pie, as far as I'm concerned. It was just, it was absolutely superb. And Knockart was Johnny on the spot to slide in and, and put us in the lead. And at that point, you're thinking, okay, you know, we've not seen a lot from Borough. They do have some threat. But as I said, without even Fletcher in the, without having Fletcher in the lineup, they just don't look as dangerous. They, to me, they just don't look as scary. And um, But then we had chances after that, uh, after that goal to put them away. Okay. Excellent there, Yanis. And that's going to lead me to talk about some of these chances and get your thoughts about what I'm about to share. Because... There's a good amount of them. After the goal, we have the opportunity from Josh Onama in the 11th minute. Yeah. In the 18th minute, an even better opportunity by Ivan Cavallaro. Goes over. He should have scored here, Giannis, yeah, in the 18th big time. minute. Yeah. I'm thinking that, right? He yeah. should have scored. What happens big three big minutes big. later? 21st minute. You get a free header from Onama off of a corner. He should have scored. We're talking two more goals at this point that Fulham should have had. And then in the 22nd minute, Reed's shot gets blocked, which leads to a corner. And the 28th minute, another shot by Foam, this one by Kearney. So they had all of these opportunities, Giannis. And then in the 30th minute, 
you have Colson hits the crossbar and Fulham are lucky that they lucky. don't score here. Could you imagine if they scored talking about Middlesbrough and the half was one, one. So let's take it from the goal from Fulham to all of these opportunities and later on in the half, you have an opportunity from Middlesbrough. What was going through your mind when these opportunities were missed? Well, the one that got me was the animal one because it's one of those um, where you, you say it's actually tougher to miss than to score. I mean, he's unmarked. They fell asleep. Ainsley, Ainsley Pears had committed near post and he's got no one on him and you really got to put that away. Um, that was the one, cover your 1v1 with the keeper, you've really got to, you know, you've really got to put that away. You know, you can score one of the goals, curling balls on the left-hand side, of, on the right-hand side of the box, but it's, it's these are the you know, meat and potato chances that you should really yep. put away. Because it's a worst-case scenario for any keeper when you've got a 1v1. The Colson one, it, it is what it was. It was very, very lucky, because because um, Rodak was beaten all ends up, it's at, it's at the crossbar. If that had gone in, that would have been an absolute sucker punch. But um, it would have been no, you know, no less than we deserved. You've got to put teams away. That's right. Um, we could have been three, four up, Russ, as you said. And, and Absolutely. So they really didn't pose any sort of threat. Um, they were just playing damage limitation. They always thought they were shop. It's sort of funny because they played Spurs in the, in, um, the FA Cup on Tuesday, and they made the decision to stay in the city until the Friday game. And, you know, whether rightly or wrongly, you know, going into the northeast, it's, it's a, quite a trek. So, you know, they did all the right things by preparing in the city so the travel wasn't going to be an issue for them. Um, but I thought in the first 20, 25 minutes, they looked lead-legged and tired, which was, which was a little odd. Uh, they had all the advantages, at least rested. They've had a couple of nights, well, Tuesday, Wednesday, but three nights in a hotel. So, you know, it should have been no excuses, but they looked, you know, they, they looked tired. But the problem with any sort of team like that is if you don't put them away, you know, at any level, um, you're going to get bitten. And we, 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 we got lucky. We deserved the win, but we got lucky. Cause, and if right. that had gone in, well, we've seen that we've seen this story played out before. So luckily it didn't, and it was our day. But um, as I said earlier, um, Scotty's going to say, "Look, I put your bloody chances away. Stick it in the back of the net, or else." You know, because as the the games are going to get more and more nervy. You know, right. on paper, I said our next two home games are Huddersfield and Barnsley. On paper, I mean Huddersfield, with, you know, Stoke winning tonight. Huddersfield now are in are in trouble. Barnsley are, are rooted second from bottom. But miracle runs do happen at the end of the season. They're going to be scrambling for points. They're going to be desperate as hell. And you've got to put teams away because whether you're at the top or the bottom, as we found out from Luton, Luton um, they can, you know, every dog has its day. So, um, yeah, I'd have, been, I'd have been pissed if they'd equalised, but luckily we sent them back on the A1 all upset. Absolutely, yeah, and that. Very good point. Okay, coming up, I'm going to ask Giannis his thoughts on the second half. After that, we'll talk about the stats, and we'll end with man of the match. Okay, Giannis, let's look at the second half. Very interesting second half we have to talk about. Let's start off with early on, you have a yellow card from Kevin McDonald, and then a little bit later on, Johansson comes on for Kearney. 
69th minute, you have a shot by Joe Bryant. And in the 71st minute, you have a shot that just goes wide by Anthony Narcard. Okay, let's now go to the situation that it was off of a free kick. And Dennis Adoy, apparently at the time, thought he had scored a goal to make it 2-0 to Fulham. Giannis, I've seen the replay, and I saw this live, and I thought he might have been marginally offside. Giannis, you've had a good look at this. I think he was offside. Yeah, but this is but the, here's the problem: the ball comes into the box, and you can't use your hands, so you can't handball it. Otherwise, it's an infraction. Right. If you if you look at the the line that was drawn across, it was his right arm that was deemed to be offside. Right. So the solution is that we should have 22 footballers footballers not have any arms. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's not like his leg was offside. It was his arm that was offside. His arm. Really, I mean, just like, and I felt terrible because he did that brilliant black backflip. It was a lovely little goal. And he's, and he's told he's offside. He's like, oh, no. I really don't. Dennis doesn't score many goals. And what he does score tend to be big goals. And he, you know, it was nice for him to get on the score sheet. I just, I just, it's been an infuriating season for decisions, whether it's been, you know, VAR in the Premier League or just referees' decisions. I mean, if you look at, take a look at the picture of um, where the linesman is in proximity to the proximity to the line defenders and attackers, he's not up. So where on earth he is in the position? To flag that, I don't know. He, had to, he would have had to have been blindsided. I mean, I don't know how he came to that decision. And if I did, and if I, and if we don't know, I'm going to suggest somebody call him up and say you need to go to an optician's mate because you've got the call wrong. It, it, it just, you know, it, I, if it's a leg or even a torso, I get it, or a head, but an arm. The arm is the only part of the body that, if you have, if you, you know, if it touches your thing, it's considered an illegal infraction. Right. So why? Yeah. So I confusing. What annoyed me about it is what would have happened if that lot had gone on. Oh, I know. It was a lovely free kick as well. I mean, it's, it was. Yeah, it was. It really was. Yeah, they set that up beautifully. Honestly. And we all, you know, it. Uh, I, I sort of smile, you know. I, I think uh, Adoy you know, is a team man, and he has his limitations. But I, for me, when I think of Adoy, I always think of that that incredible shoulder flick against Newcastle first game of the season. Was it five years ago? Four years ago? Four years ago? Yeah. First game of the season in the championship. Um, and I find they're not. I think Matt Smith did. Matt Smith score the winner. In that Matt game? Smith scored the goal. You're right. Yes, he did. And that that. Brilliant bit of brilliant trickery, and actually, I did. I found something out. I didn't realize that that Dennis Adoy had actually been capped once by Belgium, which is good. Very good point there, my friend. All right, let's finish up with your man of the match. I already said that it was Michael Hector. I believe you agree with me. Yeah, I I do. I think it was close over a knockout. A knockout has been very impressive. We're finally seeing the form that he had down at Brighton. And we're finally seeing the form that got so many Brighton fans pissed off that, that he was loaned out. Um, that it was a, a bizarre situation because he was a fan favourite down at uh, 
down at the, the Amex, and um, and he still is. Um, but I thought um, Hector was excellent. I thought K-Mac, K-Mac has almost been a revelation. And it, it's great to now to have you got our centre midfield is absolutely stacked, um, and I think it's brilliant. I mean, you've you've got um, you know people criticise. Stephanie Johansson and Harry are because you know, good old shit houses, right? Right. And uh, the, especially Steph Joe, but they are intelligent players, and and even you know Kevin McDonald, the booking he got on Friday night was a Steph Joe challenge. I mean, there's no there's no attempt to play the ball. You, you know, you're stopping forward progress in a dangerous position, and he knew, he knew. It's it's a good foul. It's an intelligent foul, and we've got a lot of intelligent players in that midfield. So. Um, you know, it puts pressure on 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 players like Kenny, which I think it should be. But nobody's got a God-given divine right to start every game, except maybe the keeper, and even he doesn't. So really, so um, but but Malamud, yeah, Hector for me was 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 brilliant. The only downer for me is I like I think it was because of the game and, and sort of the reason you got to put your chances away, Russ. Yep. If we had done, Stansfield could have come. I want to see more of this kid. He's, I've heard so much about him. I want to see him too. I, I agree with you, Yannis. Yeah. It'd be All nice. Right. To, and Luca Dillatore was on the bench as well. And I'd like to see a bit more. And I think he's going to be loaned out and get him some time. I think he's a good one. I really do. Um, but uh, hopefully we can do something on Wednesday. And I'm looking forward to the Charlton game. Because um, I, I think Bowie's done a brilliant job down there with yep. terrible situation. And he's got a bunch of kids. And... If you if fans remember a couple of years ago some of the stories coming out of the valley and how little money they had and the miracle that was their promotion and I think if they stay up this year I think it's as big a miracle um, and they just lost Conor Gallagher last week that's and, right and that was a real stinker they they got on the loan he gets Chelsea getting back and then he goes out to Swansea um, which was a bit nasty to be honest um, because he was starting every game for Charlton um, but um, I'm looking, it's going to be a good game. They made it tough for us earlier in the year down at the cottage. Um, but I think we should have enough quality. But Bowie's done a superb job down there. And uh, yeah, I hope we beat them 15 nothing. But um, beyond that, I hope, I hope he keeps Charlton up. Okay. Excellent there. Yeah, that's all right. Great show. Before we go, I want to mention something here that there's this wonderful app that I downloaded. I was contacted by these guys at Come On You Whites. You can actually download this. It's a wonderful app. The show is now on Come On You Whites. So if you want to download this app, if you have an iPhone, I'm sure it's on Android as well, you just have to put in C-O-Y Whites, and it will come up. And I'm telling you, it has the most up-to-date information you want to inform in the other teams in the championship. And what's also great, it has... Cottage Talk on there, it has the Fulmish podcast on there, and it has the Fulm Focus podcast all together. So you'll get all these episodes in one place. Really, it's a phenomenal app. I highly recommend it. You can also follow them on Twitter at C-O-Y-Whites underscore com. I would highly recommend it, and I want to thank these guys for including Cottage Talk on their app. Download the app. I, I'm, I I look at the app all the time now, Yannis. I don't know if you've checked it out, I've just, but it's a I've great app. I've just downloaded it. I've just downloaded it, and I'm looking at it right now, and it looks absolutely fantastic. So the listeners out there, 
You listen to what Russ said. Download the bloody thing. Do it now. <laughs> I recommend it highly. Okay. It looks great. Looks great. Okay. It looks great. They didn't got coverage of the uh, the, the wet bum stuff game tonight. That's right. So, That's right. Like Again, if you're looking for transfer speculation, articles on Fulham, articles on other teams in the championship, they're all there. I'm just telling you, I look at it often. I highly recommend this app. So you'll be hearing more about this app because I'm going to be mentioning these guys a lot. So I just want to mention the Come On You Whites app that you can download on your iPhone, and I'm assuming also on your Android. If it's on the iPhone, I'm sure it's on the Android as well. Okay, good stuff, my friend. Let's wrap this up. For Yashinas, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.